Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. I'm all right. Is that uh, re-recording and everything? Mm-hmm. All right, that's Marcus Parks. I'm Ben Kissel. Big day today, Marcus, because the Malaysian plane was found. And is it on a desert island? No. Is it in China? No. Did terrorists take it over? Probably not. It's in the ocean. It's exactly <laughs> where everyone knew it was going to be this entire time. <laughs> It turns out that Nicolas Cage wasn't aboard and they weren't filming the sequel to Con Air. I mean, are you, it's so ridiculous. See, every single news network spent the last 14 days, 24-7, talking about what could have happened to the plane. Again, like I sent out on Twitter, not one mention of a possible alien abduction. None. Which is just as reasonable as all the uh, crazy ideas they had. And it's really coming to an end now. So all the families that have lost people on, what was it, uh, 370, flight 370. Yeah. Uh, they can be, uh, they can rest easier knowing that, uh, you know, their loved ones aren't hijacked or uh, having a great time like the cast of Lost on a desert island somewhere. They're in the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, they can definitely rest easier from that text message yeah. Text message that Malaysian Airlines sent to them after they confirmed they found the plane. This is the thing. I, I walk into the room and Marcus is like, did you hear about the text? I was like, I had no idea what the text was. You know, the Malaysians, they, can we say they dropped the ball? <laughs> they dropped. They really, fi- really messed this up. As soon as that flight took off, the mistakes just started rolling in. Yeah. So for those that don't know, uh, all these people who were like, "Where's my dad? Where's my daughter? Where's my son? Grandfather, perhaps?" Uh, they got the answer via text message. Which you don't break up with a girlfriend via text message. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to do many things. Via, you can't say happy birthday, mom, via text message. No. That's a phone call. Uh, oh, yeah. Dare I say a Skype call. <laughs> Even more. Perhaps you see them in person. But the Malaysians did not want to take the time out to make that phone call. They're very busy doing Malaysian business. <laughs> yep. They, the text message read, and it's, it's one sentence. Was Okay. Was, was there an emoji? <laughs> no emoji. Okay. What's the sentence? Malaysia Airlines deeply regrets that we have to assume beyond any reasonable doubt that MH370 has been lost and that none on board survived. With the price of a ticket (laughs) that it took for those poor uh, folks who just wanted to get back to China, that's all they get is a one-sentence text message. I take it back. It's two sentences. Oh, very nice. Second sentence. As you will hear the next hour from Malaysia's prime minister, we must now accept that all evidence suggests the plane went down. Very interesting. This is like when you get food poisoning from a place that has a bunch of dookie in the salad bar because a homeless <laughs> fella comes through with a spray can and they didn't catch him for two years doing it. And they just give you, well, have a half price lunch on us. And it's like, I don't want your dookie filled lunch. I want my bowels back. <laughs> they did That's this. A, they, that, they sent it out at 9 a.m. So you get woken up by it as well. <laughs> That's great. That's perfect. <laughs> that spray can story, that's actually a true tale from New York City. As of about three years ago, there was a homeless man who had a, uh, much like the character from In Living Color, I believe Damon Wayans played him, where he had the uh, pickle jar full of his poo-poo and yeah. uh, pee. This guy did a similar thing in a spray bottle, and he would go to a deli, I believe it was on 29th and 8th, and he would just... That fruit was real wet <laughs> after he left. He would just spray down the entire place, all of the uh, all of the sushi, 
And by the way, if you're eating sushi from a deli Mm-mm. that has an open face that you can just <laughs> anyone can just walk by it, you deserve to get sick. But they ended up catching him, and people were very upset. Turns turns out that'll close your business. <laughs> that'll get your business closed right up if you allow a homeless fella to spray dookie all over your goods. So Malaysian, the the plane is officially it's solved. It's solved. The yeah. mystery is solved. Um, but Marcus and I, we were actually going to do this for last podcast, um, but we just didn't have the time to do it. So we figured we're talking about it on this show. Yeah, there's a couple of different plane mysteries that. You know, aren't so definitive in their uh, in their conclusions. And you know, granted, the Malaysian. We, I'm sure there's still going to be cons- uh, some conspiracy theories here when it comes to Malaysia. Naturally, I mean, myself, I'm more going towards the conspiracy theory that the Chinese kidnapped the plane in order mm-hmm. to gain 20 people on board who worked for an Austin-based semiconductor company who mm-hmm. was doing research into wormholes because apparently there's a space race going on between us and the Chinese right now. Mm-hmm. Bit of a Cold War space race. Sure. And the Chinese are trying to take away our people, our best minds, so they can get ahead in the space race because they need slaves to work their space race business. Well, I'll tell you, those Chinese military folks are going to be very upset when Jackie Chan comes, rescues everybody, (laughs) and kicks that military's ass because that, my friend, is a storyline straight out of a kung fu movie from the 80s. (laughs) I don't know if that's happening. But I do like your theory, and let's hope it's true. Let's hope it's right. Let's hope it's right, yeah. It's more to enslave 20 individuals from Texas. Yeah. To then work because we, you know, the stereotype about like the Chinese (laughs) and space and science. They're always like, oh, if we were just as smart as those Texans, you know, the oil people, the guys always covered in horse dung. (laughs) If we were just as smart as them. Do you know how big Texas is? It's a large state. Do you know how many people Mm -hmm. are in Texas? How many different kinds of people? Yeah, every person in Texas works in the oil field and rides a horse, Mm -hmm. you fucking bigot. We got both kinds of music. (laughs) Country and Western. That's right. Country and... (laughs) Now, we got both kinds of people. White people that wear hats and then white people that do not. <laughs> no, and of course, a, a large Latino population. It's a very is large bad. Latino yes. population. Um, nonetheless, <laughs> I do want the slave, yeah, the, I mean, the slave space race thing is, that's compelling. Yeah. <laughs> and I would love to write a screenplay about it. Yeah. And we should. Yes, we should. Uh, there was a flight TW-800 that went down uh, right above, what was it, Staten Island? Uh, no, Long Island. Long Island. And this story, now what year was this? When did it go down? This was 1997, I so think. The, the ni- it was in the 90s, that's for sure. And as we all know, the 90s were absolutely insane. And I'm surprised anybody even saw this plane uh, blow up midair. Uh, because they should just be looking at their new hypercolor t-shirts <laughs> at the handprint that they just made. Because I'll tell you, those hypercolor shirts, those were something special. They really were. And this was 1996. 1996. When you're off. A plane leaves from JFK Airport. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into this JFK airport situation, by the way. <laughs> Never take a flight at a JFK. There's a, what, flight uh, 538. We'll talk Five, about 587. 587. We're going to talk about that uh, right after this. Both coming out of JFK. You're doomed. Yeah. It's JFK airport for a reason. Yeah. You, should never name, you should never name your airport after a person who was violently assassinated, who comes from a family where everyone gets dead. <laughs> So uh, the flight takes off, mm-hmm. and where's it heading, Marcus? Uh, it's heading to France, Paris, France. Going to France, so it's just full of some of the fanciest people around. <laughs> well, it's full of tourists. Yes. 
very fancy tourists who are excited <laughs> to go see France. Families that are all together, all going to mm-hmm. Paris, France together. Sure. Experience the fromage as a family. <laughs> and what t- a 10-year-old prepubescent boy doesn't want to do that with his mother and father. <laughs> anyway, it takes off. And how long was it in the air? Maybe 10 minutes or 10 so? 10 minutes, yeah. And then, boom, explodes. A lot of the people in Long Island, they swear that a they saw a missile uh, come up and hit the plane. Uh, the plane explodes, and uh, they gave a bunch of eyewitness testimony to the news immediately over, following. Over 200 eyewitnesses in this right. case. Over 200 people saw coming from the ground a streak of white light coming up and actually not going straight up. It wasn't like necessarily like the missile just happened to be going up and the okay. plane just happened to be going by. They saw the white light streak up. They saw it curve over to the side, like curve over to the right, mm-hmm. and then come right back into the plane as if... It it had been locked on by some sort of missile guidance system. Do we know what Silver Surfer was doing that day? <laughs> it seems like something he might have been up to. We so it was a, it was a heat-censored missile that actually followed the plane. Not necessarily heat-censored. Uh, yeah. More like the plane had been targeted through a missile targeting system. So it's like, go after the plane full of people with berets. <laughs> They're going to France. And it took that information and it, uh, and it exploded this plane. Yeah, it exploded this plane. Yeah, I mean, possibly. We don't actually know what happened. It could be. It could actually have been a heat-guided missile. Uh, right. But the most likely explanation would be some sort of missile guidance system because they say what happened was that it was a Navy exercise gone wrong because there right. were uh, Navy exercises being, going, being performed in that area on that day at that time. And what an exercise it is, you know. <laughs> Shoot that missile up there. See what happens. So, of course, the plane goes down. And, uh, you know, of course, the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board, mm-hmm. they're the ones that always take care of airplane crashes, right. uh, train crashes, any sort of mass transit accident that happens in America. Usually, they're the ones that take care of it. Right. They're However, busy people. They're very busy people. Yeah. However, on this occasion, the FBI immediately showed up in fucking Black Hawk helicopters. They okay. descended on this site they took video they took over the videos they took okay. over the gathering of uh, all of the wreckage uh, and the NTSB they were in there they were mm-hmm. noticing that this plane wreckage is not usual this is not, not yeah. what you usually see uh, right. this uh, like it looked like it had been blown up so uh, you got you got a Mulder and Scully coming over uh, <laughs> from the X-Files it's very very similar sounding I mean you've got and, tons of I mean you've got dozens of FBI agents the NTSB people are trying to take pictures of it right uh, and the FBI says no you cannot take pictures of that uh, right. the uh, NTSB they're trying to put uh, they, there are three different debris fields uh, A, B, and C mm-hmm. uh, and every piece of debris that fell in the ocean was tagged either A, B, or C, depending mm-hmm. on which field that it fell in. Okay. Uh, and they were also color-coded. And the guys leave, uh, the NTSB guys, they leave the warehouse where the wreckage is being kept. They leave for the night. They come back the next day, and they notice mm-hmm. that a lot of the tags are switched around. So, okay, and this would, okay, because the initial response that the FBI gave, of course, okay, so the NTSB wanted to be there, take some pictures, and then FBI was, uh, they acted like a, a Justin Bieber bodyguard. They're like, no pictures, no pictures. <laughs> Right here, now. Here, He's drunk and his pants are down, okay? <laughs> Leave Bieber alone. So they freak out and then they fairly quickly come out with the theory 
But they don't even say it's a theory. They say this is a fact. What happened was the plane exploded in the fuselage, right? The, it was a, a fuel tank. A fuel the, tank the, the exploded. Fuel tank, the middle fuel tank exploded. And they had all these answers before they even got the last piece of uh, wreckage out of the sea. It was so fast. They said that there were fumes. It was a hot July day. Uh, there were a lot of fumes within the uh, within the uh, middle air tank or middle fuel tank. And, and, I will, and that's also just the way Staten Island smells. You, know, I mean, you don't want to be in Staten Island mid-July. No. Oh, that's not good. No, 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 no. It's very dangerous. I'm surprised a lot of those folks in Staten Island don't go up like Michael Jackson did in that 1980-something Pepsi video <laughs> when his hair was so full of grease and oil that he just ex- pretty much exploded. Well, they say that these fumes were ignited by faulty wiring in the airplane itself. However, the voltage in an airplane, like in the electro- re- electrical systems of an airplane, they are designed so the voltage is not high enough to ignite gas fumes. So they are designed not to explode. Yes, they are. Brilliant. <laughs> that they man. are absolutely designed right. to not ignite gas fumes. Because imagine that, is that every time that it's a hot day, mm-hmm. then that means that if there's a piece of faulty wiring in an airplane, there's a chance that it could explode. Yeah. And this would be fine if it was back in the era of the Hindenburg. You know what? <laughs> it's almost more terrifying to me, the, 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 the FBI line, that plane just exploded. Like, that's scarier to me than a missile took out the plane. At least a missile is an explanation. And you're like, well, that makes sense. Not, it just exploded. Yeah. So after this happened, before and we'll get back to the guy uh, messing up all the tags. Reporters just went crazy. Of course, if it bleeds, it leads, and this is a this is a massacre. Oh, There's 230 people get down there, so they interview a bunch of people in Staten Island, and you know they were Long Island, Long Island, very interesting group of people here. <laughs> Very interesting uh, group of folks there in Long Island. The cross-section of the American public. A lot of cheese whiz on the ties. <laughs> and uh, no shirts, though. Just wearing a tie. Okay, these people were very credible. They were credible. <laughs> it's, You're joking, but goddammit, this is serious, Ben. It is serious stuff. <laughs> Every one of them to a T had a very similar story about seeing this missile go up. Yeah. And, uh, Marcus, you have some details about the actual way that the plane ended up disintegrating in space. It almost yeah. appeared like it got hit more than once. It appeared that it got hit three times. Okay. You say the first uh, the first missile goes up, and none of the missiles actually hit the plane. They explode outside of the plane. Okay. Uh, so the first missile goes up, it explodes, uh, and it disintegrates the wing. That's not good. That is not good. It disintegrates right. the left wing, mm-hmm. uh, or the right, the left or the right wing, one of the two. You need them both. You do. You know, I say any- <laughs> it doesn't really matter which wing wing it is any of the wings yeah and it disintegrates that wing uh and uh, that's also a shitty thing on the the f- part of the fbi and the part of their explanation because they say that the wing disintegrated when it hit the uh water okay uh but uh, a team did a test with the same materials that the wing is made from and they packed it full of tnt and they blew it up and they found that the blast patterns were identical to those found on twa 800 so that's the first missile that comes up okay the second one comes up and it explodes right in front of uh, the airplane. It f- explodes right in front of uh, hmm. the uh, the fuselage, the front fuselage, uh, and that takes the front fuselage and it just cracks it off. Right. And there's another huge explosion. And the third one comes up underneath and it explodes under the belly of the airplane. Uh, so you have these three explosions mm-hmm. on the airplane. Uh, and of course, like people say, the uh, CIA came out with this. St- 
stupid fucking video. It's yeah. the dumbest vi- propaganda video that you could possibly see. It's like they weren't even trying. Yeah. And their explanation for all the witnesses saying that the uh, airplane, like seeing the flame going up into the air, they say that when the front part of the fuselage broke off, mm-hmm. it caused the plane to dip upwards, okay. straight up in the air, even though without a wing, that would be impossible. Difficult, and it's yeah. just aerodynamically impossible for just because the uh, front came off for uh, the back of the airplane to go straight up into the air and right. then come back down again. Uh, there's, I mean, the, this, the, what's so disturbing about TWA 800 is how it shows how ridiculously easy it is to cover something up. Right. I mean, this happens in broad daylight in front of hundreds of people, 200 plus witnesses. Now, when the FBI got a hold of these folks after they saw them talking to the media, they weren't so friendly with them. They were not. In fact, one uh, man said that the FBI visited him. He gave his testimony. The FBI said, this is what I saw. And the FBI agent just said, you didn't see that. You saw yeah. nothing. Mm, well, I mean, it must have been cool that I got visited by Will Smith, though. <laughs> That's a very men in black <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. And my memory is erased and I forget why I'm dressed like a jackass. Yeah. The worst is the woman, uh, this old uh, Polish woman who was going for U.S. citizenship. Mm-hmm. Uh, she of course, was given her interview on uh, the news. The FBI came and saw her and said, listen, if you uh, really want to be an American citizen, uh, you'd change your story. And that's how bad Poland is. <laughs> I mean, you, you just change that story. You have to. I actually kind of like that one, though. Yeah. I feel like if you want to be an American citizen, you have to learn how to live with blood on your hands. <laughs> and you have to learn how to, uh, you know, uh, sleep at night. And you have to learn the classic American denial. <laughs> I was talking to my friend Tim uh, about that. He's a Canadian citizen. And uh, he's uh, very close to getting his green card now. And he's like, I feel kind of weird about it because I, you know, I kind of feel guilty now because, you know, we're constantly killing people worldwide yep. mm-hmm. and i just told him that you're going to really get used to bathing in the blood of the innocent <laughs> and at some point you're just going to kind of embrace it and love every second of it you really will think about that next time you're eating a taco bell that's right <laughs> and then be thankful that you're eating a taco bell i haven't checked out that new taco bell breakfast burrito yet or i don't, I don't even think it's a burrito it's a, it's a waffle taco yeah it's a, a mess have you had it i have not it oh, just I, looks like a mess. Who wants to start their day off? I would rather watch TWA 800 get exploded <laughs> right right above my house than start with that uh, in my mouth. It is a uh, yeah. So it's, it's the waffle, and I think it's just a bunch of bacon and eggs in there. Yeah. I mean, if if a, if a person eats that, and then gets on a plane. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> That'll explode a fuselage right there or any, anything. This is 1996. Back so they didn't Taco have that Bell. yet. Taco Bell was still being reasonable at People that were being classy. <laughs> yeah, the, the KFC double down didn't exist yet. I mean, we were still in relatively uh, primitive territory when it came to our fast food. The Whopper was a big deal just because yeah. it was like big and it was bigger than the other round ones. Oh, yeah. And the Big Mac, it had extra bread. Extra bread. <laughs> that's, that was, that's where we were. That's a sad statement. 1996. Much, much healthier than 2014. Oh, so much healthier. I was just thinking about this, and we'll get back to TW800, and we'll talk about uh, 587 as well. But uh, you grow up now. You just you live in a world, when you walk into Kentucky Fried Chicken, you just look at the menu, and then you see the, the disgusting bowl, yeah. where there's like, put everything in a bowl. <laughs> and it's just chicken, potatoes, corn, 
It's like they just hired, like the CEO just wanted to give his stoner son a job. And he's like, you're the new KFC chef, son, so go make something really great. Make Papa proud. And he certainly did. Yes, he did. The KFC Double Down. When that came out, that was mind-blowing. Everyone was making fun of him. Everyone was mocking KFC. And everyone's like, this is insane. It's never going to take off. The American diet is completely on the decline. It's just on the menu. Yeah. And now you just walk in and it's just hanging out right next to the 12 pieces. And there's the new thing taking over. I don't even know what KFC's new disgusting menu piece is. I'm not sure. I want to know. But if you're growing up nowadays, you just think that that's a normal way to eat. Mm -hmm. Thousand Island dressing with Swiss cheese sandwiched between two pieces of fried chicken. That's (laughs) no, no time in the history of humanity was that considered an edible delight. It is just, but now these kids, they have no, uh, they have no concept of the healthy choices we had growing up. None whatsoever. Such as your simple McDouble. <laughs> a nice McDouble. And if you really were good that week, you got some Arby's Curly Fries. Oh, Arby's Curly Fries. Oh, they're the best. Oh, I love it. Well, we can't keep on talking about all we gotta do we should do a new podcast all about food. <laughs> I could talk about food for hours Just and hours. Shitty food. Absolutely. I can talk about my double charbroiled cheeseburger microwave. Ooh. Microwavable cheeseburgers, the double charbroil that you get at the bodegas. That sounds amazing. Comes in the plastic. You just open up the plastic, put it in the microwave for a minute, and bam, you got a cheeseburger, mister. I'm too fat and unhealthy to eat that. That's the irony. <laughs> You're skinny and your heart's in good shape. So you can you can dabble with death. You can dance with the devil. I can't be eating any sort of hamburger that comes wrapped in plastic. <laughs> can't do it. So we got all these eyewitnesses with TWA 800. Everyone's like, we definitely saw a plane get hit by three missiles. FBI is like, no, you didn't. You mm-hmm. want to stay here in America. That evening, like Marcus was saying, uh, a guy goes in, you can imagine, the dumbest of all the FBI agents. <laughs> the chunkiest. We'll call him like, uh, what, like Detective Dillweed or something like that? <laughs> I'll go, let's go with uh, Detective Dingledoll. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Agent Dingerdog. D- Dingledong. Something like that. You know, Grumper Pig. <laughs> like, glump, Glumpy Pig. Something like that. Either way, he had a mustache and he was disgusted. He was drinking a lot of Diet Coke and they probably kicked him out of the office. You know, everyone likes that. He's, he's definitely the guy who eats everybody's lunches, living like Chris Farley and Billy Madison. And uh, who would eat 30 bagged lunches? Mr. Glumper Pig. So, yeah, exactly. So you got to send him down to go mess with the wreckage. And basically, he took the tags and he, and he put them in the positions that they would need to be to fit the FBI storyline. Exactly, yeah, because uh, with the uh, what actually happened, uh, where the debris fell, right. uh, that would support the missile theory. However, yes. they sent in uh, Agent uh, Grumpy Grumper Pig. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and Lumberneck. He, <laughs> we'll just call it Holden McNeely. I'm so it's up. FBI agent Holden McNeely going in there. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> oh, I don't hate it. I can't, I can't be dealing with it. I can't, I can't come on this show. I can't deal with any of this nonsense. So he switches the tags around uh, to fit the FBI's explosive uh, tank theory. Yes. And not only that, but he brings a hammer with him. Really? And the most scientific of all the tools when you want to do some sabotage. He brought a hammer with him. He brought a hammer with him and just hammered on pieces of fuselage, uh, essentially destroying evidence. Unbelievably stupid. Unbelievably, like, simple. And again, yeah, the cover-up, it goes down to sending your dumbest agent with a hammer down to the down to the lodge. Hey, go mess up the tags and just hit it with the hammer a little bit. And there was videotaped evidence of this. He, he did it on videotape. <laughs> he did it right. on videotape. Like, that's how that's how easy all of this is. And there was explosive residue on the airplane, and the government explained... You know I just figured it all out. What? 
Taco Bell, KFC, <laughs> FBI, government in in it with the fast food industry to then distract from the actual situation. Right around 1996, I do believe there was a fantastic food that was coming out, I'm sure. I think maybe it was the Big Montana at Arby's, a great thing. <laughs> Anything to distract the people of Long Island from getting their story wrong. You can't, you're, once you, once you, you know, take a bite of something so succulent and wonderful as a piece of white <laughs> trash hamburger that only America can eat, you can't think about a missile taking down a plane anymore. <laughs> no, that's pure Americana. So these folks, um, they pretty much just have their memory erased with savory goodness. <laughs> you know, it's not the it's not the white light that Will Smith and what's the name of the other film? Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. It's not the white light. It's just a bag of Arby's or Hardee's. Ooh, as a matter of fact, this was the time that Hardee's went high class. Oh, Hardee's went high class. Hardee's went very high class. See, Hardee's wasn't in my uh, neck of the woods. Hardee's went all Angus beef. Oh. And uh, they had the big burgers right around this time. The conspiracy theory holds up. Very similar to your Chinese slavery moon race. Not similar at all. Different. <laughs> but equally plausible, perhaps. So the explosive residue that was on the plane, the government explained that away by saying that the plane... Okay, go back. So there was explosive residue on the plane. There was explosive residue on the plane. On TWA 800, right. there was explosive residue on the airplane. And this is before the missile came and hit it. Uh, well, that's what the government said. Okay. The government said was the explosive residue came from an exercise performed in Miami the night before mm-hmm. for bomb sniffing dogs. They cover a plane in uh, a kind of nitrate, uh, mm-hmm. which in and of itself is not explosive. Right. Uh, but uh, they use it for the bomb sniffing dogs to, uh, you know, so they can find which airplane has find the bomb. The on. Find that, the plane. Find the plane. That's the huge bomb plane. How do you fail this <laughs> test as a bomb, bomb? Find the bomb plane. Plane. And they also do it inside the plane as well. Like they, okay. it's like which under which seat is the plane is uh, under the which seat is uh, the bomb. Uh, but the, this is the government line. This is the government line. So even so, in the government's defense, mm-hmm. they still acknowledge that they are dumb enough. Get a fake plane. <laughs> Use the fake plane for the dog sniffing test. They do it at the airport. And it's a real plane that the next day will be used with real human beings in it about to go vacation in France. Yes, and they didn't clean the plane afterwards, so that's why there was explosive residue on it. So even in the best case scenario, let's say there was no <laughs> missile, or there's two there's two options here. No missile, it just went it exploded because it's covered with nitrogen and things like this, <laughs> nitrates and whatnot. Or the military was like, oh shit, I think we forgot to spray down that plane that is now just a bomb in the air. Take it down. <laughs> you can't have a bomb plane landing in France. You know? If it's covered with residue that bomb sniffing dogs are gonna find, it's gotta be kind of explosive. Yeah, it has to be. So perhaps they realize their blunder. And just shot down the plane before it even became a larger catastrophe when it exploded at an airport in France. I mean, who knows? I mean, and so you think, like, there was all of this controversy surrounding TWA 800. You know, of course, these people, uh, the people that were uh, opponents of the official story were not quiet. They, of course, uh, they wanted hearings. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they never actually said with all certainties that the uh, explanation they give, they've never said with all certainties that that's what happened. Well, you know, I mean, the Congress is too busy discussing, uh, you know, if Bill Clinton put a cigar in Monica Winsley's pussy or not. Well, I mean, really, the hearings didn't start taking place until about two. 
2001. Okay. So you know you know how slow government works. Yeah, yeah. And at the hearing, uh, they allowed no eyewitnesses. Okay. Uh, they allowed no analysis of uh, the actual crash itself. All they got were facts. All they presented were facts. It's like, okay, this happened. And this happened, but there was no analysis of it. There was no one to say, this is why this happened. Mm -hmm. This is uh, why it fell in this place or that place. It just said, like, all right, it it fell uh, here, here, and here. Did it take place in Italy? Was Amanda Knox on trial? (laughs) I mean, what is that? That doesn't seem like a a very uh, in-depth... Uh, situation here. Yeah, and any evidence that wasn't, cre- or any evidence that didn't, I guess, g- g- tow the party line, they yeah. just didn't allow in. Like, there was well, radar no, we evidence. Can, no, we can't do that because uh, Glumper Hog hit that piece of evidence with a hammer, <laughs> so that's no longer admissible because once it's been hit with a hammer, now that's just a different piece of evidence. Yeah. One of the NTSB employees, he wrote a, a report that was over 400 pages long, mm. and by the time it got to the hearing, it had been edited down to 26 pages. Well, you know, I think that maybe... Um, Anchorman 2 could have gone for some of that. <laughs> this guy needs to maybe be a script doctor in Hollywood, perhaps not working for the federal government trying to cover up a missile attack on a uh, civilian plane. Yeah. And of course, the hearing ended uh, and they said that uh, while we cannot confirm 100% that uh, the cause of the crash was uh, the fuselage exploding, the middle fuel tank exploding, sure. we can say with most certainty that that is what happened. And we can say with very much certainty that it was not a missile. So you can't confirm it. Uh, sir, no one even mentioned the uh, the idea of a missile. So um, <laughs> Dude, wanna... That's not what it was. It wasn't it. Well, no one thought it was that. Well, so. I mean, I was, I was just saying. You seem to be the only one talking about a missile. Did a missile hit the plane, sir? Uh, no. Well, you're saying no like yes, but <laughs> we'll strike it from the record. <laughs> Thank you. Right after 9-11, there was also a very interesting uh plane incident that occurred and it was right here in queens new york Mm -hmm. and very underreported and this was flight 587 american airlines flight 587 also out of jfk on its way to Mm. santo domingo santo domingo in the dominican republic this was november 12 2001 Hmm. one month and one day after 9-11 a plane took off from uh from jfk airport and almost immediately uh, crash landed, or not crash landed, crashed right, right into the middle of Queens, killed 265 people on the plane, or 260 people on the plane, and five on the ground. What the official mm. story was is that the airplane uh, was caught up in some turbulence uh, from the I airplane. We were say, like gambling debts, and it wanted to kill <laughs> itself or something. The airplane got caught up in turbulence from an airplane that had taken off right before it, and the uh, pilot got a little too wild with the rudder, which caused the back rudder to snap off. Snap off, right. And... Again, more terrifying <laughs> than a terrorist attack or being taken down by a missile. The rudder flew off. Yeah. That is not an excuse. That's not an answer. Yeah. Is that, no, the rudder broke off because he was getting a little too wild with it. How wild? You know what? Then you shouldn't make the joystick allow him to get that wild. <laughs> I mean, how wild could you go? Aren't there parameters to what this plane can do? Yeah. Uh, and uh, it crashed right into the middle of Queens. Uh, and I remember it being in the news for... A day, 
is at this time, right. I mean, I'm sure you were the exact same way, and a lot of people were, mm-hmm. is that, you know, after 9-11, I was obsessed with the news. Oh, you it, know, was a- it was all I was doing was just reading the news, everything that I could get my hands on, everything mm-hmm. I could read on the internet. I mean, it was 2001, so you had pretty good internet connection at that yeah, point. Yeah, definitely. So I'm just reading absolutely everything that I can, and I see this, like, plane crashes in Queens. I'm like, oh, fuck, holy shit, holy shit, it's fucking happened again. Right, right. Uh, and then the next day, and I was like, all right. Fucking, all right, more shit's about to come out. More shit's going to come out. Right. And then the next day, it was fucking gone. And again, going back to put this in perspective, 14 days on the Malaysian plane that went down in the ocean, everyone knew its end. <laughs> 14 days. Nine hours on the plane that crashes in Queens, New York, one of the most metropolitan areas on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. Nine hours of coverage total. 30 minutes after the plane crashes, the FBI calls a press conference and they say, we know for a fact this was not a terrorist attack. They say this was absolutely not a terrorist attack. But they knew for a fact that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction at the time. <laughs> so they had all their facts right. All their facts, yeah, all their facts. Right, yeah, they said that this was definitely not a terrorist attack 30 minutes after. And it, and it takes, seems to be. It takes forever, not forever, but a, re- a lot longer than 30 minutes for people to confirm, definitively confirm sure. the cause of a plane crash. And it seems like, especially for the time. A popular weapon for the terrorists to use. Very popular Planes weapon. were very hip at the time. And so, uh, in 2002, uh, this uh, enemy combatant uh, named Mohammed Jabara, he agreed to uh, co- cooperate with, uh, with investigators. And among the details that he gave authorities was that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's lieutenant had told him that uh, Richard Reed and this other guy, Abdurraf Jadeh, had both been enlisted by the al-Qaeda chief, uh, Khalid Sheikh Muhammad, mm-hmm. to carry out identical shoe bombs plots as part of a second wave of attacks against the United States and that they had successfully blown up flight 587 while Reed, who you Mm. all remember, Richard Reed in Mm -hmm. December of 2001, he was actually stymied from uh, getting onto the plane. Yeah, Richard Reed, uh, truly set up by the FBI. I think he was a monster who wouldn't have mind taking down a plane or two. He was sort of the Michael Bolton of terrorists, if I recall. (laughs) A nice, perfect mane of hair and uh, a bizarre looking face. Literally tried to board a plane, board a plane uh, with a wick, yeah. with the igniting <laughs> wick coming from his Nikes. Yeah, it's a brand new shoe, I guess, that they're trying to make. I heard of the Reebok Pump, uh, the Nike Air, and then of course the Puma exploding shoe. Yeah. And uh, of course he got busted at security because they said, "So why do you look like a human candle?" And uh, he said, "Oh, I'm trying to blow up the plane." <laughs> oh and then yeah, they arrested him. Oh, you got me. You got me. Now I knew I should. I knew I should have put the wick on the inside. But yeah, I just thought it was so fun walking around like that. I'm trying to run around real fast. So Jabara, uh, the guy who was uh, testifying in order to get a leaner uh, sentence, he claimed that mm. uh, Jade, the man who was actually on the plane, he used this a Canadian is, passport. He was on He was on 87. Jade was on fl- Flight 587. This yeah. is the guy that supposedly carried out a successful shoe bombing uh, um, one month and one day, or two months and one day after 9-11. So there's a confirmed person that had al-Qaeda ties, terrorist ties, anti-American uh, 
uh, uh, you know, anti-American philosophies. He was on flight eight, 587. Well, that's the problem with it is that this man was apparently he was a master of aliases. I mean, here's some of his other aliases that he went as uh, Abd al Rauf bin al Habib bin Yusuf al Jadi, uh, oh Abdurouf Day, A Rauf Jadi, Abdul Rauf bin Muhammad bin Yusuf al Jadi, Farouk al Tunisi, Abdurouf bin Habib Jadi. You're forgetting Cat Stevens. <laughs> he also had Cat Stevens in there, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, so we really don't know what name he flew under that day. So he's a master of disguise, much yeah. like Murdoch from, uh, what was this, uh, A Team? Oh, well, more like Dana Carvey from Master of Disguise. We don't mention Dana Carvey, <laughs> nor do we mention Master of Disguise. <laughs> Turtle. Turtle. <laughs> turtle thing was funny. Master of Disguise had one good joke. It was the turtle thing. <laughs> turtle was really turtle. <laughs> I like Turtley. Turtley was fun. Yeah, Turtley was really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. So, yeah, yeah so it's uh, it's entirely possible that uh, there was so what, a terrorist attack. And the government just didn't want mud on their face. Well, they didn't want mud on their face, and they didn't want people to be scared. You know, because for, I mean, just for one, because people were so fucking terrified anyway. Right. But for two, uh, the flight industry had taken such a huge hit already. I mean, you literally, know? yeah, it's a sort of, <laughs> sort of punny, actually, yeah, when so you say it like that. That is kind of punny, yes. Yeah. They did take, I mean, technically they took four hits. Yeah. Uh, but they did financially, uh, their pocketbook was affected because people were terrified to fly. Right. So it, it was miserable to fly as well. I mean, yeah. it was a really, uh, the flights made you feel like you had done, just did something wrong and you had to go to Rikers Prison, uh, much like the fellow who just died at Rikers Prison uh, uh, out of like heat exposure. Yeah. And um, we can talk about that in a second. Um, but yeah, so the, so the security had to be so beefed up. So you hated to fly and then uh, you were terrified of flying. I mean, the flight industry, yeah, it was it was a difficult time for them. It was very difficult. They and could have stopped terrorism from terrorism boarding. <laughs> that might have helped. That would have been fun. You know, whatever. Uh, but they just knew that if there was another terrorist attack right after. Sure. Uh, that, I mean, it would have paralyzed the country. So, that, so now they have the idea that a shoe bomber is a possibility, right? So they don't have. Yeah. But they just kind of wipe this under the rug. And then sure enough, lo and behold what was it two months later when they caught reed yeah uh they find a shoe bomber and now we well, have a new fear and of course the terror levels are high but they don't look like idiots allowing a shoe bomber to you know a shoe bombing to occur they caught the guy well they don't at the time they didn't even know that it was a shoe bombing how are they gonna know yeah because the, the I mean, shoes the, go up with the bomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, true. It's it's not like the Wicked Witch of the West where the ruby slippers fall uh, fall in the middle of Queens out in the far Rockaways. Like mm. it's the shoes. They had no idea how the guy exploded the plane. But it's probably good though. I mean, if the bunch of ruby slippers go falling on the Rockaways, that's just going to be a scrum. <laughs> that's just going to be a bunch of housewives fighting over that like rats fighting over a piece of cheese. Well, and. You know, they're in uh, speaking of the plane exploding, like all of the eyewitnesses, or should I call them ear witnesses, sure. said that they heard a huge, ex- two huge explosions. They heard the first huge, huge explosion from when the bomb went off, and the second explosion from when the plane hit yeah. the ground. And I can't believe that only five people on the ground died. Like, yeah. That's that seems. Uh, amazing to me. It's mir- yeah. almost miraculous. Very bizarre situation, and it does seem you know it's tough to do with the uh, with the bombs and things exploding because you never know. Uh, people uh, a lot of times when they're in shock. That's the one thing about nine eleven. We could do a we could bring a good nine eleven conspiracy theorist uh, in here as well. But it's just tough to know when these explosions occur, and everyone gets very confused and stuff. Of course, you know, but, and the human memory. Any lawyer will tell oh, you that good. the human memory is the worst standard uh, for anything you know, as far as uh, figuring out yeah. what happened. Like, in a string of events, and, you know, it's yeah, it, it's Going back the worst to 96, thing. I mean, hell, this was like 
Well, it's like 92. It's like DNA evidence wasn't was nothing. It still wasn't even trusted yet in uh, society, which is that's terrifying. Yeah. DNA evidence is actually very good. I mean, it is a mark of the beast, and it is probably <laughs> going to uh, uh, force us to live in some sort of Gattaca world at some point. Uh, we're all in prison because the government has insane laws. But um, but uh, at least at the very least, it's definitive. Yeah. Unless you tamper with it, unless they got a you know DNA glumper pig messing with uh, messing with the evidence. You know. Well, and, and also in 587, you know, concerning the government's line that it was mechanical failure, uh, I read a sh- very short interview with a uh, airline pilot. He had uh, flown United for 27 years. Mm. Uh, question one: Have you ever heard of a plane losing the tail section like Flight 587? He says no. Hmm. He says uh, they asked, "Have you ever heard of a plane losing two engines like Flight fi- 587?" Mm-hmm. And by the way, that is a uh, a side note. Both of the engines fell off. Of the airplane. They fell off. They fell off. Was it Legos? Because the rudder was all wacky. So the wacky rudder made both <laughs> the engines fall off. Yep, wacky rudders. There was somebody at JFK Airport with just a bunch of nuts and bolts in his pocket. And he was just like feeling around. He's like, where are all these supposed to go? And he's like, oh shit. That's the alternate theory is that this was sabotage. By somebody who is working somebody, at JFK. Yeah, somebody on the ground. And we, anyone that has been to JFK or been to any airport in general, it, it is very much like going to KFC <laughs> in the customer service and with the people that you have to deal with. These are not the brightest individuals on the face of the planet. No, they are not. But when asked that question, he said no, although he had heard of one engine dropping off as a result of traumatic weight shifting, uh, like okay. possibly Operation Dumbo Drop. <laughs> oh, perhaps, yeah. Maybe and Melissa that. McCarthy was making a new movie. <laughs> oh. Hello. She's a beautiful woman. Yes, she is. Yeah. And number three, they asked, have you ever heard in all aviation history of a situation in which a modern aircraft has lost the tail and two engines spontaneously? And he said, absolutely not. And if that were possible, I'd stop flying. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I would, too. Yeah, the Wright brothers didn't even have that mess up with their plane. <laughs> no, they didn't. I mean, it was a short they got the, flight. Yeah, they got that rudder thing worked out immediately. Yeah. No no rudders have ever fallen off. That is uh, interesting and definitely deserved more more time and more conversation at least half as much as the Malaysian flight. At least half. Yeah, in this flight, it's a, you know, it was to the Dominican Republic and uh, certain neighborhoods in, here in New York, like, it is considered, like, it's almost got a cult-like status surrounding right. it, especially up in Washington Heights and uh, in between Manhattan and the Bronx, Washington Heights, uh, big Dominican neighborhood, mm-hmm. and yeah, there are memorials up there, people still talk about it. You do uh, wonder if it was a group of more successful, let's just say white folks uh you know i wonder if it would have been more reported or if uh you know the death of a bunch of dominicans doesn't really affect uh, the news media that much i think it, it would absolutely be more reported yeah. if uh yeah if it was wealthy businessmen or if it was say yeah. a flight to france yeah perhaps but since it's an international flight to the dominican republic it's uh and then of course uh you know this is this is a pretty rough time in america a month after 9-11 to be non-white Very rough. It was not good. The roughest, I would say. So those are a couple of other flights that are very fascinating that that need to be reported and uh, and do some more research on them. All right, everyone. Uh, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, follow Marcus and I on Twitter. That's Marcus Parks and I am Ben Kissel. 
And uh, thanks so much for listening, guys. And uh, anything else, Marcus? Uh, we've got a brand new show here on Cave Comedy Radio. Uh, it's uh, starring Ed Larson That's of right. the Roundtable of Gentlemen and Amber Nelson, also a very regular Roundtable guest, and right. Cena John, uh, who uh, used to work with you on a podcast long ago called That's The Brain of the Beast, you and Holt McNeil. I'll tell you, Cena John, he's a great guy. He's wonderful. He's he was involved in the whole Bear Stearns Bravo thing. Yep. Uh, and- he was a guest on the show here on Abe Lincoln Stop. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And uh, yeah, we used to do a podcast called Brain of the Beast with Holden and myself, and uh, this is how dumb Cena is. <laughs> I was the beast, and Holden was the brain. And then about three episodes in, we figured that Holden might be mentally retarded. <laughs> And uh, much more beast-like. Much, much more beast He makes beast beak noise. I mean, he is a beast. I mean, the man's a terrifying. Yeah, he's absolutely yeah. not a beast in what you might think of conventionally, like an ogre. Sure. Uh, more of a trollish. Hawk-like creature. <laughs> if a troll and a hawk made it, I think they'd just create a McNeely. I'll agree with that. Yeah, it's possible. Um, all right, everybody. Well, we'll talk to you soon.